and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. During quarantine, I'll be talking to someone, whether it be a friend, a family member, a peer, a stranger. If you want to talk, I want to listen. But before I begin, follow me on Instagram and Venmo at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Guess who's back in the house? Oh, it's yeah. DJ Gingy. How are you? Hey, yeah, uh, I'm good. As good as one can be. Yeah, this is the first um, in-person live interview I've recorded since this quarantine started. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised there hasn't been more, uh, like, with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've done, I've done like, remote ones with people, but, like, oh, yeah. this is the first one where you and I are in the same room. Well, we are roommates, so it makes it's it... true. So it's don't true. come at us for yeah. not social distancing. Yeah, I mean, maybe another guest will... You can come at us for that one, because I think yeah. I'm recording another one, but <laughs> whatever. We're here to have a quarantine check-in. That's right. Um, it's been a wild couple weeks. Yeah, well, it feels like a couple of years. It, it, it feels forever ago, because like, I, I think the first one I did, I was like, okay, it's going to be like two, three weeks, it'll be cool. Right. Like, oh. And then by the 10th one I did, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is feeling like this is going to be forever. It And it's been five and a half five weeks? Five and a half weeks. Five and a half weeks. Well, uh, I hope everyone's doing, so, you know, well, so far so good, because we're still early into the process. Which is crazy. It's it's. I mean, we're we believe that we're early in the process. There are other people in this country who are like, nope, we're done by. We're done. Yeah. Well, in it's New York, problem. we're early. Yeah. But it's it's been a it's been wild. How have you been keeping busy? Um, the main thing is I'm to a uh, friend and I are doing a live stream, piano bar happy mm-hmm. hour on Saturday nights. Yeah, and we will go into depth on that yeah. soon. Um. So that like preparing for that. I usually set aside a couple of days during the week to to prepare for that, and then that's on Saturdays. Um, otherwise, I've been trying to write a little more, um, trying to work on a few new mixes and 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 playlists and whatnot. But to a certain extent, I don't even do that because I'm like, okay, I don't know who's gonna right. when I'm gonna be back at, yeah, in the bar I, playing it. So I found that like any time I've tried to be any slightly sort of creative. I'm like, nope, I don't have the willpower or energy to do it. For me, I mean, I have the willpower. I just don't have... I work well on deadlines. Yeah. And because there's no... No one has any sort exactly. of idea when we're back... Uh, where we kind of sort of get back into society. I was going to say back to normal, which that's that's not what will happen. But when we get back into society, um, because we don't have a date, I don't have a deadline. I'm like, oh, okay. Once yeah. we have a date plan, then I'll like get back to work. I think hardcore. for me, what is uh, one of the only blessings in at least the nightlife drag world is this will go on long enough that we're going to bypass all the tiger king mixes (laughs) oh god so we're not going to have to see any of those because it's going to be over by the time we're back hopefully i feel like some some queens are going to have a few oh they're going they're going to do them they're going to do them once and everyone's not going to uh react to it because we've seen it all over um But yeah, I, I, I am glad that we've all experienced Tiger King. I'm glad we're experiencing the mockery of it. And I'm almost over it. I'm almost over it. Oh, God. I mean, I I didn't even get into it until late in the game. And I'm, by late in the game, I guess, I mean a couple of weeks in. Everybody had already seen it. Same. And normally I'm not into things that, like, wildly popular. Right. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll wait until the craze has died down. Um and then I started watching it. The first, the first episode, you know, it's fine. But I didn't see what people were talking about. Like, why? Why is Carol seems a little eccentric, but she doesn't seem crazy or yeah. like she like all this mess about Carol. I don't see it in the first episode. So getting through like the second and third, I was like, okay, she she's definitely crazy. But honestly, Joe's the one that's more insane. Yeah, and then we meet Jeff Lowe, and you're like, wait. And it, it just oh, keeps getting worse. Yeah, yeah, okay, and then I was like, all right, I see what everyone's talking about. Okay, okay. Um, I have not watched the um, extra episode yet, the interview with Joel McHale yet. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, it came out last, two Sundays ago, I think, um, where it's like Joel McHale doing like Skype interviews <laughs> with some of the cast. Um, I have not seen that yet. Apparently, like it's 
bad. I did. Um, I imagine. I did see some other things on on YouTube though. Um, more details in different cases that has come out since the documentary aired, um, which I actually find more interesting yeah. because it's obviously less biased. The documentary has a, an agenda, like a story they want to push. I mean, obviously that's it's a film they want to get viewers and ratings i get it um but just all the stuff that's come about joe and things you can search online from both carol and joe's history i'm like there's so much more to this than what's in the documentary and they they have to have more footage they're they were waiting for season a season two to be picked up yeah for sure but i don't i i think for them the blessing was this quarantine otherwise they don't think mm-hmm. it would have picked that up had a well. lot to do with yeah. it well we have our three topics we're going to talk about today um one of them is not um a musical of version of the tiger king which will eventually <laughs> no. happen on broadway sometime we know that Kristen Chenoweth, yeah. yeah but we we're going to talk about um the current broadway off broadway season or what it should have been yeah what it should have been um i'm i'm so sad that i Actually, I haven't seen anything in 2020 yet. Yep, neither. Um, haven't had really chance. My first two months, January and February, I was busy working six nights a week, so which is a blessing. I'm thankful for that. But I literally had zero time to see any shows. Um, so everything that I've seen this season was was back in 2019. Uh, as far as like the Tony season goes, I've only seen six uh, of the shows. Not six. And not and one of them isn't six. Actually, no, I didn't get a chance to see six yet. Um, the musicals I saw were Jagged Little Pill, mm-hmm. which I loved, and um, there was it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a. Per- Did you see it? Nope. It wasn't a perfect musical in terms of that. I mean, there was a lot, which I think some of the reviews said like they were they were trying to pack a lot in to two hours or two and a half hours. Um, but apparently the Broadway version was streamed down from ART, and they, in ART they were trying to pack in even more issues, which I get they all need to be addressed, sure. but pick one. Um, but that being said, I loved it. Great performances. Obviously the music, Alanis Moore, that uh, the album I grew up with, that yeah. the music really brought back uh, <laughs> memories of all the angst uh, that I used to have. Um, the other musicals I saw were Lightning Thief. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it off Broadway yeah, a couple uh, years ago. Yeah, uh, when I was at the Lucille Hortel Theater. I don't think much has changed, and I thought a lot needed to change then. Well, <laughs> I can see how it would have worked. And I mean, the the Long Acre was a fairly small sure. space. Um, I could see how it work would work in a tour or a small space or for young audiences. It just didn't work no it didn't appear, on broadway there was, nothing, there was for me there was nothing special about it when i saw it a couple years ago um but i also didn't grow up with the books i never well saw the that, movies. yeah same um so there wasn't that appeal to me and the cast was good they were fun they were energetic cast they were was cute. great um but there was just no for, there was no draw like when it said it was coming to broadway it's like interesting <laughs> and when it was on broadway I, I forgot about it right well i I did get a press invite, so I can't be too mean. If it's a press invite, I'm always thankful for at least being able to see something. But um, the story, you know, it's basically a classic Greek Mm tale, almost like Hadestown. Yeah. um, Which I loved. No, you're right. You're exactly right. There was nothing really special about it. Um, It was low budget for like obviously low budget it was was definitely theater theater it was theater works on broadway in in every sense of the word but then you take other low budget shows like one of my favorite two of my favorites you're in town and xanadu which started you know in workshops Mm -hmm. the french festival um like really tiny off-broadway spaces and then both xanadu and um you're in town moved to you know, um, not huge Broadway spaces, but they didn't really up their production value. No. But that was part of its charm, and it worked. And they, they were both really funny and cheesy, but in a you know campy way. And Lightning Thief, none of that. It was it was cheesy, all right, and they didn't up the production value, but it didn't work in a. Yeah, it's not campy material. 
No. Maybe I, that's why I didn't work. I guess there was just that one producer who was like, I have the money, let's put it on Broadway. And there was a house open because it was the summer. And Right. I mean, I liked the go. music. Yeah, it was fine. The music was the most, thank God, the, the, yeah. the music was enjoyable. Um, and then the other thing, um, <laughs> I saw this three times and I, ha- I still have mixed feelings about it. It was Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want so desperately still to like it. I so went love to the, the ABC Good Morning America like morning version of it and saw like the opening number. Okay, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I need to go see this. Yeah. But then I listened to the soundtrack. I'm like, why? Why you gotta like fix something that's not broken? Well, um, I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily trying to fix anything. But obviously, what doesn't work or what works in a film is not going to necessarily work on stage. Um, and the biggest thing here, they couldn't get all the rights to every single song, which had a lot to do with it, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually didn't bother me the, because I knew they were going to add new music and like Lady Gaga. Adding great. Taking away was the, the heartbreak. That was heartbreak. Well, what I think they really took away, and maybe this had something to do with the music, maybe it didn't, was sort of like the soul and the heart of the show, mm-hmm. the, the the intimate moments. Now, I will have to say the first... The first out of three times I saw it, I had the worst seats you could possibly have. The second to last row on the very side, back of the mezzanine. Uh, Hirschfeld's not a huge house, but worst seats. Uh, and Karen Oliva was not on. Okay. And her understudy was fine. I thought her understudy was great, actually. Um, and sitting so far away, I wasn't. I didn't even know it was the understudy until second act. I was like, she doesn't. From here, she doesn't look like Karen, but um, it wasn't. Um, there was no intimacy between that character, um, Satine and, uh, and Aaron Tveit. Yeah. It just didn't, it really, Aaron Tveit I, doesn't the really love story have didn't, much chemistry with any leading ladies. He has a lot of chemistry with himself. Yeah. And I thought he did a, I thought he, he was a great choice for that role. On paper, yes. On paper, yeah. Um, and he sings it wonderfully. They just were not a good pair. Just, it wasn't yeah. the best casting pair. And then I saw it again two more times with the whole cast in um, for much better seats. The second time in the front of the mezzanine mm-hmm. and then the orchestra the third time. It, it did affect it a lot. I will say that. If you don't have good seats for Moulin Rouge, you may not have a great experience. Yeah. Despite like, how big of a show it is. Watching that performance on the floor in, in the orchestra, it's like, okay, like I feel yeah, like I'm in well, the Well, that's it, too. You, want, you don't want to sit too close because then you miss like all the stuff on the, the apron, but... Um, no, great seats are actually really, I think, important to having a good experience, a, a good experience at that show. Um, but it still doesn't take care of like the chemistry. Danny right. Burstein is that show's savior. Mm-hmm. Like if it weren't for, Dan- I didn't see his understudy, but I can only imagine without Danny, it just doesn't, he, he really is the He's MC. Like he, yeah. he ties the whole show together. He really does. And, um, I will say though, that when Karen was back in the show, the two shows that I saw, it was much better. Yeah. Like there was more chemistry, but it was, it actually wasn't the chemistry between her and, um, uh, Aaron Tveit. It was Karen's chemistry with Danny Burstein on stage that actually made it better for me because yeah. those two characters have a lot, well, they have a lot mm-hmm. of scenes together. Um, it's funny where it needs to be funny. It's campy where it needs to be campy. Um, and it's splashy. It's really splashy. It got a lot of nominations for the design in the drama desk, set, costume, lighting, even sound. Um, it's the reason why I saw it three times is because, like I said, I wanted to desperately like it, and there's something about it I did enjoy. I had a great time, mm-hmm. just lacking a little bit of. It's it's almost too much splash, which I know is weird to say for that particular show. It's fair, but it's too much splash and not enough. Um, and there is a lot of attention to detail. I will give like the choreographer and director and all that. There's a lot of attention to detail, except when it comes to the um, the real love story. Yeah, and that I mean that is the heart of the show. Yeah, that's the whole point. Love keeps us together. Love lifts us up where we belong. Indeed, yes. Um, so, are there any shows that you did not get to see? That you are fearful you'll never get to see now. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Well, the one th- I will say the one of the shows that I did thankfully see was Slave Play, mm-hmm. which I really liked. It was actually the last play I saw. Uh, the ones that I uh, really wanted to see on my list, <laughs> the one I was most excited about was actually Who's Afraid of Virginia, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. And while we know that's not going to reopen, at least not this season. Mm-hmm. And not it, protect, particularly this version. Right. So um, that's really unfortunate. It was the, literally, it was the one thing that hasn't opened yet that I was the most excited about. Yeah. I, I was really excited for Six. And Six, I think we'll see, though. I sure the hell hope so. Maybe not on Broadway, uh, maybe we'll come back in a future season at New World Stages, yeah. where maybe it should be anyway. Uh. I, I guess, like, my biggest question for, I mean, it, it, it for Broadway, but the at-large yeah. country is, if you're going to take away the rent of these shows, right? what are you putting in its place? Well, we, yeah, we don't really know. So are you just going to leave these vacancies or are you going to have a backup plan where there's a show ready to go? I don't think there are. So why not just be like, fuck it. We'll just freeze our rent for a couple months because I mean, we own the buildings. I mean, there's mortgages and shit, but to you and me, that's, and to most people, theater goers in general, that's the Mm -hmm. most logical thing. Why wouldn't that happen? Um, and, and some shows actually do have that in their contract. Uh, I know from producing others, uh, certain other things that um, are being privy to, and including a few shows, including Moulin Rouge, uh, how they're operating. They do have that written to their contract. So if there's a, I don't exactly the term, it's a mm-hmm. pause or some sort, a pa- interruption of performance or whatever, um, there's still, they can come back. Yeah. Um, obviously with a certain time frame. Um but then there are other shows that don't have that written into their contract. I suppose it's a little more the legal issues around it. Sure. Just because it's um, people's co- like contracts with artists and mm-hmm. all the different kinds of unions. Not to mention real estate. And yes, there, it's not necessarily a backup plan, but a lot of theaters do have certain shows sure. slots, especially the ones that are not the big um, musical houses where. You expect to have a, right. a long run. I mean, like you had the whole um, justice for Beetlejuice and one. Well, it didn't oh, even well, get to finish its run yeah. because they, that's not coming back. No, that's done because they already given the sh- the theater to um, the music, music man. man. Yeah, um, which again, why did it need that theater? I mean, that's a whole other discussion. Well, that is but, that's um, another podcast in itself. Yeah. But it's just it's sad to know that like there are shows that didn't get to finish their runs for yeah. this reason and. But for the ones that didn't even get to open, like Six and something like mm-hmm. and Mrs. Company, Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, Company, like, will we get to see them? And if not, how how can we, is there a way to bring them back in another capacity, another time? Is it one of those things where like the cast of Company, you're gonna get seventy five percent of that cast back for a future production, and the twenty five percent will be yeah. new cast because this person, this person, this person can't be in it. I think the tough thing to say is. It would make sense that I don't know that a lot of these actors have other shows lined up, right? But like so someone like Laurie Metcalf, that's a little yeah. different because she has the Connors. Like they signed right. another um, season deal, so and she Patty has always, to. Patty has always something going on. Yeah, and we didn't even know that she was going to be in this revival exactly. for a long time. Um, I think the musicals will were actually a little safer, right? Oddly enough. Um, and we don't have. To, I think the only plays that really we were kind of missing out on "Take Me Out," mm-hmm. which Jesse Taylor Ferguson, I, I was actually really looking forward. I love, love, love "Take Me Out," um, but that's a that's a second stage show. Right. So I think it'll could, be saved and yeah. it'll happen because I know. Thank Roundabout, God they have that right. backup. Roundabout and Roundabout's another one. Yeah, is is saving Carolina Change or postponing it? They're pushing it back, and I know that's that was on the must see list of many many people mm-hmm. because it was time for a revival. Right. Um. But there are things in the uh, works that are now having to be paused as well, like as you and I talked about, like the Who's Tommy that was going to be at, um, right. At, what was it, Kennedy Center? Kennedy Center, yeah. Up. Sure, but we've got enough time. We for have that. enough time, but things may have to change, and people may have to drop out. And you know what? That's fine. Just give me my my Tommy. I know. Show. And um, 
if if a show and then I think that that has something to do the fact that it's at the Kennedy Center it does have a little bit of leeway right but any of the shows like roundabout or um flying over sunset at lincoln center any of the things that are produced by the nonprofits mm-hmm. on broadway i think we have we'll a pretty good um a pretty good bet that we will see them mm-hmm. it's the ones like well like six that that doesn't benefit from having those kind of producers right. but it's been around the country it's been on tour it's been on cruise mm-hmm. ships in the west End, everywhere so i think it's going to come back at some point in time yep. whether or not it's on broadway um to answer your question, really, the one that I'm afraid of the most um, is company. Honestly, yeah. I didn't get a chance to see, and it was in previews. Um, it doesn't have the benefit of a non-for-profit. It does have a lot of big. Well, I wouldn't say big names. Obviously, Patty's a big name, but you know, Chris Sieber and Jen Samard. I mean, the whole cast is you know theater, right? Uh, big name in theater, so. They all might have something to do afterwards. Who knows? And if it's they tough don't, to say. I will sacrifice Patty Lapone to have that show. <laughs> Just saying, we've heard her sing that song before. Right. We don't. It, there's nothing new coming from She's her. She's preserved character. on the London exactly. Cast album. So give me. I'll take the show. Give me someone else. Put Donna Murphy in there. Sure. Put Donna Murphy in there. Let her be a witch. I, I don't care. <laughs> um. Put 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 Bernadette in there. I'm sure she's bored. She'll need another role. She, she needs a role she after Hello Dolly. Well, she is doing the Sondheim. No, and she uh, was on Snatch benefit. Game. But, um, oh, well, oh spe- my God. Speaking of Snatch Game, let's let's do yes. this as a segue um, for season twelve of Drag Race, mm. where we did have Bernadette Peters as performed by Jan, Jan yes. simply Jan, um, <laughs> on Drag Race season twelve. Um, what are your thoughts on this season? Well, I will have. To, I think we've said it as. Um, before that this season is incredibly there's a lot of talented really good queens and i mean i've religiously watched drag race since season one live as it was aired and i don't think i've ever been so excited about a season because well number one because i know and work with some of those queens on a regular basis um there's more queens on this season than they have, that I've that I've known than any other season. So that has a lot to do with it, but also because we've had so many past seasons recently that are sort of lackluster, or the right, right winner didn't. I, the one I did, I wanted to win didn't win. Um, sort of, we've been in a slump, and I feel like this the show has been stretched um, beyond maybe its expiration date when it moved over to VH1. So this season, having a, I think you could even call it a revival of the show. I would agree. The inner in energy and the queens and whatnot. Um, I I love this season. I think it's great. It was there was so much energy. I was fortunate enough to when it first aired to be at Icon with Jan um, as she hosted it, and the energy there was just amazing. Like that's yeah. what you want. Um, Jan has such a huge fan base and they're really supportive um so it's fun to to see and be in the middle of that it's a little bit different watching at home uh of course but um the energy isn't isn't there but the it's turning out to be uh another drag race season it started out really really good and i'm not saying i'm not saying that just because you know i thought jan was robbed two weeks in a row um but it, it is it's we're i think rockham left way too early there might have been um lip syncs that i thought somebody else should have been in the bottom um i don't know i mean people who won the lip syncs and people who went home i agree with pretty much with all of that i just don't necessarily agree with who should have been in the bottom every week sure i mean and that's something i feel like we've been dealing with for a couple seasons now, right um where we've had weeks where the entire outcome of the season changes because mm-hmm. of one decision room makes and i yeah. the thing that i always have to remind myself and other people is that yes this is a um show about drag and we all have our opinions about drag sure but it's, completely it's also subject. a highly produced reality television program oh yeah and if someone is not giving you the material you need to further a plot you gotta or have further um, drama con- or to mm-hmm. give something, your time on the show may 
come short. Yeah, you got to give love a little something Sakura, extra. But yeah, but what was she what, offering? She wasn't going to offer anything that Aiden was going to give you. Well, that's just it. And Aiden, if you're keeping, you have to keep Britta with her. <sighs> and you have, once Aiden is gone, what is Britta going to bring mm-hmm. with this current plot line that they produced? Nothing. So you cut her loose. Right. And in, the, in, in Jan's world... They got everything they needed from her by making her lose, getting rid of her best friend, and getting those clips. Yeah, that's all they needed. And I don't know. Did you see what uh, what you're packing? Even Michelle said, like, you never, Jan, you never once let me down. Yeah, in terms of looks or whatnot, like. But like, if you want to talk about who's a better drag queen um, as a full package, yes, Jan will be a full on better drag queen than Widow Von Do. She'll be a better drag queen. Oh yeah. Heidi in Closet. But for a television show... You have to have some sort of... Jan, it's not that. Yeah. It's not... People always say drama. It's not really about the drama, per se. It's just about sculpting it, it, a right. storyline and, and having... And again, it's... Every good story has to have conflict right. somewhere. And every good I get story that. needs a narrator. And every right. and especially on reality TV, you need that talking head. Oh, yeah. Both Widow and Heidi give you those sound clips. Oh, I love Heidi's sound clips. Her confessionals are the best. So, She's so funny. Yeah. She, we, we'll all... Um, like critique her looks and shit oh yeah her makeup she's not great but and we saw that in this last week's episode where um i can't remember his name the the acting coach um uh was it joe or um, i can't remember his name i'm blanking he's a fitness guy but he's the biggest loser yeah somehow he turned into an acting coach okay uh he he told heidi to give us what we saw Mm -hmm. on the confessional and that really Okay, and she then yeah. she brought it, and she was funny. Um, so there is that. Um, I've seen Widow before in person uh, in, in KC, and I've never... Like, when she was on the show, I was like, okay, that she will, she's going to go far, because I know how she performs. Now... But it's a runway show, what, too. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's So far, she's not brought That's anything terrible. on the runway that I've loved. But, again, she... She saves herself when it comes time mm-hmm. to lip sync or perform and dance the and, house and, and again, like I, I'm not going to say that they per, they going into the season that they knew Widow's going to do this lip sync. I'm not saying oh, that probably at all. Not. But when everything, the domino effect of okay, Widow's on the bottom, you're not setting Widow Widow home doing a Shaka Khan <laughs> yeah. song in front oh, of Shaka Khan. Oh my gosh, Khan. it was of just not, not happening. No, should it could it have been a double save? Sure, it, I would think, it have yeah. worked for the timeline? No. No. Definitely not. So it's un- Jan, unfortunately, suffered the, from right. the and reality TV. Right, and it's not because she did a bad job. No. It's just they didn't work it's for reality that. reality TV. Yeah. I'm curious to know what the UK viewers are seeing on Netflix, like the unedited version. I wish I knew someone in the UK to like screen record it all for me. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very curious because, again, let's talk about Miss Sherry Pie for a hot second. Who? Sherry the, who? The, the, the reality is she is doing extraordinary. Oh, she, she is doing oh extraordinary. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, as an artist, we knew she would do well. Of course. She's proving it. Um, it's also proving the power of an editor um, because you can you literally can say that again. delete someone from a show. Yeah. Um, but it's, I almost wonder, cause like, as you said, like now it's feeling like a regular season. Mm-hmm. If Sherry was still included, do we, do you think you'd have a different feeling? Um, knowing what I know or just saying that nothing ever happened before? Nothing ever happened. Oh, it would be, a, I think it would be another Bianca type season, honestly, because Sherry is, I think. I think Sherry has been one of my favorite queens to watch. Yeah. Um, and, and, I've, and I've worked with her a couple great. of times. And her confessionals are great. Um, she always turns a look. Thanks to Florence, given the Florence of the League, given all those looks yeah. every single week. Um, but even in the acting challenge, her Catherine Hepburn was... Oh, my God. The Controversial Hepburn, to some. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe. But it was really fucking funny. And yeah. it's something you haven't seen before. Um the acting challenge in uh, when she was in the wheelchair mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah, um, I, I think it's safe to say she would have. She would have won. won. She would have been the winner, but at the end of the day, she made her decisions, and there are consequences for said decisions. Well, I think, I think this, and I know that this is so. No matter what stance you take, someone's going to disagree with you. Yeah, but I think 
the show has made the right decision in you know disqualifying her but still keeping her in the sh- mm-hmm. like, so airing some things um to edit out her confessionals i th- i think they made the right choice honestly it's you can't scrap an entire no. season because of one person if anyone thinks that i mean think it's just yeah. not it's just not fair to the rest of the queens and like i i'm i'm fully convinced that a lot of her confessionals um were passed down to britta and it has not yeah. helped her um because people right. are there's in terms of the show they had to one, fill time yeah and one villain and britta was the full villain when it should have been a tag team of right. Sherry and Britta. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's just the way the cookie crumbles, and I feel so sorry for Britta for all the shit she's getting. Yeah, same. Um, but you can't edit out what was said. No. But you can also blame the editors for piling it on. Th- that's why... Yeah, exactly. That's why I kind of want to see what the UK unedited version is like. Just Like, I'm one of the, the, the people that... Um, is able to separate themselves from I understand the personal side and I there's no I literally have no words yeah um but at the same time I know what the drag side is like and Sherry's freaking talented mm-hmm. um so I, I I don't know I would be okay with watching the show now mm-hmm. the first the first couple episodes were rough I'll, I'll give you that it was a little rough um but also, you could see the editing choices being really consciously made. Yeah. And now it's a little more seamless, yeah. I think. I mean, what's funny is, like, Britta's gone. The first confessional from Jan is her talk about New York. It's like, oh, it yeah. was a fucking so, joke. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get that quote from um, Jackie Jackie, this week, no. But, um... <laughs> no, probably not. No. It's just... It, it's It's been a very interesting season. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying... Most of the things we're getting, I love all the uh, celebrities that we're getting. Um, oh, yes. Shanko, Robin, yeah, like, Nicki Minaj. It's incredible. Everybody. But, AOC. Mm-hmm, and so, so the lip sync choices have been questionable. I've, yeah, I've not been on board with every single lip sync. And it's not like there aren't any songs left. There are tons <laughs> of songs left. Oh, yeah. Um, but overall, like I think this is a very good season. The Madonna musical was I think easily one of the strongest musicals we've yeah, had. Yeah, because everyone was strong. Yeah, well, and that it, too. And it was also written in a way that it fit them all. It did, and it wasn't... Sometimes they can be really yeah. campy and cheesy. Well, and... Let, let, me, let me ask you a question, because someone asked me the other day, and I kind of like threw it back at them and said, blah, 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 this is what I know from previous things. And okay. they're like, whoa. <laughs> they, we watched the scene where they're casting it. Right. And then next day they rec- they perform it and record it. Where do those costumes come from? And how do they have them custom made for each queen? Yeah, that's a good. That's a really or, good question. Did they know going in this? These were the parts. And that's something you know the answer to. I don't know. Oh, you don't know the answer. So, so what I do know. Well, that's a good is, question. That's for sure. What I what I do know is that there are queens each season that are told to bring certain things, and some yeah. some queens are told are not told about certain challenges because their time the show may have been ex- be expired by that point. Oh yeah. Um but like last season I remember they told um honey get a Wakanda look. Right. She was not told to bring exactly. a um get out look. Mhm. So was that So it's kind of pre-planned, yeah. So I'm not sure. So does that mean the queens who were eliminated were not part of the musical? Or were they, or were they like two for each, and then it was right. a matter of who was gone I'm, at that point? You know, I would assume. I would, I'm sure that they're told they need to bring a Madonna look, mm-hmm. like that much. But like the, all, these were all but specific. Yeah, see that I don't know. I you know because that's that because like, obviously the wigs we know were um, wigs and grace. Right. Are, Some of the things are yeah. provided for them, but I don't think the looks were. Well. So I don't, but maybe we're wrong. I'd love for someone to let me know the tea on that. But it's it, it's a curious question. I see the thing too is with I'm gonna I'm gonna call out Britta's look. The the pants those pants didn't fit her right. No. Um, it. But would Britta's so, look have been on anybody else if if it was in stock? It wouldn't have fit anybody else. No. 
But couldn't have they taken the time to like tailor them to her legs a little more? Because that's what bothered me the most. Sure, and that that's what's which which would Britta have brought something that didn't that would she have brought those pants that didn't fit her that well? I don't don't think she would have. Everything else, she's you know she wore in the beginning, right? Um, or do they just have like eight versions of each look ready? I mean, they could. They probably have the budget for it. I don't think they go out that far though. Though they pro- yeah. they probably have, um, I would say they probably have certain looks set aside, and mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, um, casting replacements. Like if you sure. if you fit the costume, you got the role. Right. Um, maybe it's that kind of thing. Maybe. I don't know. I'd love to know the answer because I really don't know. It's a very good question. It's very. It's a really. And it could be very decisive too. Uh, yeah. To, uh, in terms of. If the producers are saying this is the costume and this is the one, like that's, yeah, I don't know if it's shady, but it's really it's a highly produced television program. Yeah, exactly. Anything else on season twelve you want to talk about? Um. Well, I I mean, like I said, a lot of the queens I I know and love. Um, some of them that I know and love have been doing really well, and some of them have been let go. Um. I don't know. I think it's um, now that we really don't know who's a clear winner. Um, I think it could go a couple of different ways. Yeah, I think what because we still have not gotten an official answer on what the finale looks like. Ah, uh, yeah. Exactly. Are they? Um, are they we, filming we, it live? Have they already filmed know. it? We, we have no idea. All we know really is that curious. we're in three and a half hours of Drag Race this Friday. Um, because we're starting. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, secret celebrity drag when that's race. That's th- a three and a f- or four week. Run, it's right? It's a four-week run. Yes. That's um, going to be fun. I, yeah, because they are literally making a secret. We don't know who's going to be on the show. And I've not seen any spoilers. Like, they're keeping no, they this have, one. Yeah, they really are. Key. I remember a couple of years ago, I made a tweet that RuPaul, uh, either RuPaul and Michelle or RuPaul or Michelle, liked and retweeted. It was about, I want to see an ultimate drag race. So it's sort of the same idea. But... Um, in my version, it was all of the pre, the fa- famous drag queens pre drag race, like mm-hmm. Head of Lettuce, Jackie B, Coco Peru. Uh, I mean, I still Peaches just don't Price, understand. Like, like, maybe, maybe it's their personal decision. How have you not put Jackie B and Sherry Vine on the judging? Oh panel? my god! How oh, have you totally. not put it on there? But I, yeah. like, I know Jackie's bitter, um, <laughs> and maybe she's asking for money that she'll never Perhaps. get. But yeah. You need to put them on the show. Oh, definitely. Like drag legends, like yeah. people who started. Royal Jean drag. Newman. Of course, there's so, a Litchfield. Oh, like, yeah, that'd be great. It would be. I want to see where it's it now because they're doing the celebrity drag race in like four in mm. four episodes. That's what I would really like to see with like ultimate right drag queens. It'd be, it'd be fun. Um, get Lady Bunny in there. Make RuPaul compete herself. I don't know yeah. that it'd be a lot of fun. I mean, because so, like I, I went to see a show. Um, I saw Jackie and um, Sherry in a show together, mm-hmm. and watching it, I was like, "We, you would not have Alaska or Bianca had it not been for those two. Exactly, they are the OGs of those two. And some of these young, and don't get me wrong, I love everything that you know, young drag queens. That's the whole reason for doing Drag Race, uh, what they're bringing to the scene. But some of them don't know who who came before them, right? And it doesn't, and I don't mean just drag queens either, but artists of, of any genre, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to pay tribute, not just talk about the icons who um, sort of paved the way for you, but get them involved yeah. or at least, you know, refer to them in, in person and not just talk about them. Yeah. Like, and for those who have not seen uh, Sherry Vine and Jackie B do well, their um, Golden The Golden Girls, Girls and um, the... I have not dearest. watched Mommy Dearest. I'm waiting for um, a little twink friend to come back to show him that one. He was so critiquing good. the uh, Golden Girls one the entire time. I was like, of course so that's funny. not what there's... This is a parody. They're not sp- going to say those words on the actual show. Shut up. Jackie B is more B. Arthur than B. Arthur. Yes. yes. She's so perfect. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to watch the uh, Mommy Dearest one because I think it's Oh, it's I've seen it. It's, I've, I watched it over and over again. It was really fun. It's saved on my YouTube. All right, shall we talk about a little project you've been working on and have coming up on Saturday? Yeah, um, I think most people who know me as a DJ don't necessarily realize or think about um, my background. Before I came to New York, I was 
I mean, I DJ too, but um, I grew up as a professional musician, and I really haven't put that to work uh, too much mm-hmm. here in New York. Um, here and there, I have, um, and now this pandemic has sort of provided me the opportunity. Well, I, I know some DJs are doing live DJ sets, live stream, which is fine for them. For me, I don't, I don't see the, the point of me doing it. Um, I make playlists that people can follow, but as far as doing a live DJ set, not for me. Uh, so I thought, well, I still have to be creative. And, and my friend Mason Griffin, who's a wonderful musical director, um, and we've worked together before, came up with the idea of doing a piano bar, because everyone else is doing it too. Sure. Um, so we're co-hosting on Saturdays a, um, a virtual piano bar happy hour, um, most mostly show tunes, but we'll take requests for anything. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for four weeks now. Um, and this week on the 25th, we're doing a special themed. We want to start doing a special theme here and there. And this one's a Broadway wig party. So we're doing songs about hair and wigs and dressing up and, and whatnot. So from like La Caja Fall and hair, of course, mm-hmm. and Hedwig. And, um, we're going to try to come up with a, a different costume or a different wig for each Cool. Each song that we're doing. But uh, we want to get people involved. So if you're at home watching, obviously drink along, sing along. And then we want people to send us their you know, pics of themselves in whatever wig they have at home. Because I, I know half the people watching at home have at least one wig lying around, of right? Of course. If, not? if you're not a drag queen, then from last Halloween or, or your roommate's a drag queen or whatever. Um, so I think it would be fun. We want to try to get... Get it to be more interactive because that's what Mason and I are both used to interacting mm-hmm. with our audience. And the comments are one thing, um, and that keeps it interesting because we do live requests, which really keeps us on our toes. Both Mason and I have a repertoire, a repertoire of music that's really good pre nineteen seventy five. And then when you ask us to do more contemporary shows and the rock musicals, um, pop rock musicals, that's really um, I'm I'm a baritone. So, um, that's not really my forte sure. to sing like Dear Evan Hansen. Um, so it's interesting to see the live comments come or, you know, Sondheim's one of my favorite composers, but to ask me to do a Sondheim number on the fly without mm-hmm. having rehearsed it, it's, it's a little intimidating. Um, Are, it's have fun, there but, been requests that you both were like, mm, no, um, y- yes and no. It's, it's basically what I just said about the Sondheim. Like I'll, We'll put them into the hat. So any songs we don't get to live that week, we'll put right down and put into a hat. Cool. Uh, and we'll draw them. So that gives us, it gives me a week. Like somebody sure. requested Into the Woods. Love Into the Woods. I can't think of a song off the top of my head that's really easy for me to do without rehearsing it. Um, so I put it into the hat, put Into the Woods in the hat. And during the week, I'll like figure out what songs I want to do. And then if we draw it the next week, then I'll... I'll do it, but I've had time to sort of sing through it or find the right track that's in my right key, that kind of thing. Yeah, so it definitely is interactive, but for the audience, and it keeps Mason and I on our toes. Sure. Are there any songs that you've done each week, or do you keep it fresh? We try to... That's another thing, too. We try to keep it fresh every single week and do something completely new. Um, We've repeated a couple songs, mostly because it's requests. Sure. So I know the first week... um, my mom requested something from Charlie Brown, so we did Happiness. And then somebody else, Paige Turner, actually requested Happiness specifically. And we, Mason and I were like, well, we don't really want to repeat, but you know what? It is a good, like, Happiness is sure. a really good th- song for right about now. Um, so we did Happiness uh, twice in a row. And um, I love Gypsy, and thank God someone requested Gypsy more than once. So I did Some People. Not two weeks in a row, but I've sang it mm-hmm. twice. Nice. Yeah, so like we don't mind repeating a few things if they're coming in by requests. But the idea is to... we I don't know. If it's the same people watching every week, we definitely want to keep it fresh and and try new things. Um, but we also want to get new people sure. and, and new viewers every single week. So yeah, we'll repeat a few things that we... That we know someone Venmoed us $50 when I sang some people. Yeah, I'll do that one again. There you go. Are there any other theme weeks that you're planning or you want to keep them a surprise? Um, I think we want to keep them a surprise, but I know people have suggested certain things. Um, the wig party was a suggestion that we immediately jumped on. Somebody else 
suggested a, a villain song, which I think is really mm-hmm. fun. Um, and somebody else suggested a country western. So like Broadway goes, you know, Annie, get your gun, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Bright Star. Uh, I mean, I grew up singing country, gospel, all that kind of stuff. So that'll be really fun for me, for sure. Are you two able to do a duet, or is the technology not quite there? Oh, we really want to. Um, we What we have done is a medley. So I'll sing the first part of the song, and then Mason will there tag along and get into the last part of it. Unfortunately, if anybody knows how to do this, um, we haven't been able to do duets live because of the slight... It's The delay is ever so slight. Right. But... For most duets, we can't do it. I think we did it once on MAME, only because I could kind of echo. Sure. Like, the call and response <laughs> works just fine. It doesn't mm-hmm. To me, it doesn't sound like it's a call and response. Sure. But when it, well, maybe maybe yeah. you could do something like Friendship, or You're the Top, something like yeah, those. Yeah, uh, right. It's back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we love a Cole Porter duet. Oh, yeah, always. Um, but who knows? I mean, so where can the people find it? They can uh, search for Virtual Piano Bar Happy Hour on facebook it's all in a it's an ongoing event so uh once we live stream we post it through the event page um you can um, obviously you can either follow me or add me seth ward pyatt or look up dj Jinji. either way it's it comes up i post the um the live stream on my page every week and mason griffin so you can either follow us or add us as a friend um if you're adding us as a friend and we don't know you just send a little message to go along with it. Otherwise you can search for the event page and watch it that way. Nice. Mm-hmm. So as we are still in quarantine for however long we're going to be, do you have any hopes or goals for when we are finally out of it? Well, like I kind of said before, um, I don't think it's a, it's not a matter of returning back to normal. It's what I do hope. And this I guess has has more to do with an overall picture than nightlife specifically. I I do hope that society as a whole gets um learns something existential or spiritual from this whether or not you're um a spiritual person. I think these times are mm-hmm. making people reconsider a few things. Um it's I I hope people understand after this is um all over in, in quotes, so to speak. I hope people um, realize the importance of. I, I don't want this to sound cliche, but it, it's true. The importance of community, and it's. I read an article the other day saying how the pandemic is um, making charities more popular and more people are willing yeah. to give, and that's a. And the question was, is that a great thing or is that a is that saying something that's wrong with our society that we don't normally give this much sure. to charity? Which I, it has a point, but um, I'm just thankful and grateful that charities are more willing to give and people are being more generous. So I don't think there's a negative side to that, really. That being said, I don't want people to be scared when we're able to go out in public. I, I would love for things to be as busy and popular sure. as before. Um, I don't know that will happen. Um, but in any case, I think a lot of people, artists specifically, will be driven to do something different mm-hmm. and change up their act. Or if they're a painter, maybe now they're a writer. Or if they were a drag queen, maybe they're, um, you know, they weren't a dancer before. Maybe they're taking, dan- like, I don't it, it will hopefully um, give people an excuse or a motivation, mm-hmm. a reason to better what they already do or learn something different. And so, because I, I think one thing that is good that's coming out of this is that we realize we can't rely on our old habits and things that got us through just got us through before isn't getting us through now. So it's sort of making people rethink with either what they do for a living or whatnot. And I think that's, that's what I really hope to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, come to realizing that a lot of us do these things because we love it and it's a hobby in a, in a way and we get paid for, to do what right. we do but it's not necessarily lucrative so if, mm-hmm. if something if this were to happen again how what are we going to going to oh, do yeah. to save ourselves because we may not be given all these um 
assistance. And it's really been interesting, but I also think at the same time, I almost wonder if we're going to get some sort of artistic renaissance to see what has been created during this time and what can be created after. I I think looking at cycles in history, especially with the early 20th century, um, I think back to Weimar Berlin specifically, although the timeline of that was a little bit different um, in the in the 1920s but i think that's true like you had like um world war one and the um spanish flu or whatever we're right. calling it now um the flu of 18 1918 um so that sort of fueled into weimar berlin and all the creative and prosperity of the 1920s which ultimately led, obviously led into another depression, but that led into the 40s and 50s with the New Deal and everything. So, yeah, maybe that'll come back around. I I think it will. It People will either go one of two ways. They'll be lazy and get depressed, which I totally hear that, mm-hmm. um, but let the depression control everything they do, or they'll let it feed them and feed them and fuel them so you do one or the other and i hope it does the latter yeah we'll see well now is your chance to nominate someone to do a quarantine check-in oh okay i have Uh, to follow up with the two that have been nominated already i have to do theirs at some point oh my um a quarantine check-in um hmm have you talked to heidi lately i have not talked to her yet heidi is uh i've Mentioned her a couple times. She's uh, a face I really miss right about now. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll head up little little, little Heidi Ho. Not Heidi in closet, but Heidi no, no, Ho. No. Heidi Ho. Heidi Ho. Yes. Well, where can everyone find you on social media and Venmo? Yes, the most important thing. Uh, Instagram is DJ Gingy, G I N G Y, N Y C. Um, and Venmo is DJ Gingy. There you go. And like I said, Facebook, too, if you want to do the live stream, you can follow me. Yeah, check it out. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Michael. The biggest thanks to DJ Gingy for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. (laughs) 